Welcome. Thanks for joining us. You're about to hear a message from our Wednesday night Solid Rock Youth Group service. Solid Rock is a ministry of Living Word Family Church, and if you'd like to know more, check us out on our website at www.livingwordfamily.org. So, who remembers what series we're doing? The B Squad. Very good, man. You jumped right on that. Well done. And who remembers what we did this two weeks ago? We started this two weeks ago. Who remembers the characters from the video? You don't have to remember their names. What do you? There's an anxious bee, the busy bee. The rich guy, all right. Um, I can't remember what his, how they, yeah, he was kind of depressed, he was sad. Who remembers who else? So that talks about two of them. The kind of troublemaker, kind of carefree, easy guy, didn't really care about getting in trouble. Who else? We're missing one. What's that? Sassy, who reminds me of Rainy. Yes. Sassy fashion bees, Jeff. I don't know why, she just reminds me of Rainy. Okay, so... Let me ask you this. Here's what I want you to I want you to picture something. Before we watch our uh, part two, our video for the night, and uh, it's very interesting. I think you're going you're gonna to be very interested in where these characters are going and how we're developing uh, this through this story. But I want you to picture something. I want you to close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. And I want you to picture the end of the world. Just take a quick second and picture the end of the world. Okay, now open your eyes. Holly, what did you picture? When you picture the end of the world, what's something that comes to mind? Oh, no, that's, hey, that's all right. No, I'm looking for just a variety of answers. So your whole family perishing or leaving, okay. Zoe, I knew, I knew somebody would mention zombies. It had to get mentioned at least once. Jared, Jesus returning, all right. Did you really? Fascinating. Hunter? Um, the sun exploding. That's what, well, I wasn't going to say exploding. Take over yes. <laughs> yes. Has anybody ever seen a movie called The Knowing? It's with Nicolas Cage. I don't know. No, you don't know? It was kind of, a, I mean, it wasn't a very good movie, but it was interesting. The thing I found most fascinating about it was just that. It was a solar flare that wipes out the world and just how plausible that is from the research and stuff that they've done. Because solar flares have actually, when they have a solar flare burst, um, it's actually taken out electronics and huge EMP on certain parts of the, pl uh, of the planet. It's just fascinating what the sun can do to us from so far away. So that is a very plausible thing. So when I think of the end of the world, that's what I think of is a scene from that movie at the end when there's that solar flare just comes and it just fries everything. And if you read through Revelation, also very plausible, okay, with burning up of the world. You got another one, Zoe? Now, was that the whole 2012 thing? No. Oh, okay. How do they know it's that far overdue for a volcano? Oh, I don't know either. Very interesting. All right, anybody have anything different? When you think of the end of the world, what do you think? Right now? Just how weird things are getting? And yeah, that's true. Yeah. Now... Typically, when you think of the end of the world, most people probably think of mass destruction, viruses, just crazy, right? I mean, just people perishing and just horrible, horrible stuff. Because when you think of the end of the world, most of us are going to think either through Revelation that we read in the Bible or some crazy movies that we've seen. Dakota, what? The earth breaking apart? Oh, that's interesting. Fracturing the earth. I've seen that in a TV show, actually. All right, so... I just wanted you to, to kind of think about just this different um, 
kind of different thoughts wrapped around the end of the world and how crazy and how massive that would be for something like that to happen. Now I want you to keep that in your mind because um, we're going to come back to that in a little bit after the video. And then we are going to, Johnny, I want you to go ahead and play part two of the Bee Squad. Not all bees live in colonies. Over 90% of bees are solitary bees who don't report to a hive or interact with other bees. 90%. That's crazy, right? Welcome back, and if you're new to the party, this is us. Up until the fifth grade, we called ourselves the Bee Squad because our last names all start with the letter B. I'm Hannah Blank. That's Jill Batchelor. This is Doug Baker. And this solitary bee right here Guys. Is Beckett Barlow. Hello? Where'd Beckett go? I think he zigged when we zagged. Okay. Let's just double back and we'll meet up in Mr. Brewer's classroom. It's prom night and our tickets were lost. So we broke into our high school to make some fake tickets, and now we're being chased by an overzealous security guard. At least try to keep up. Doug, can I ask you something? For you? Anything. Does that hurt? Ow! Yes! Yeah, try running in them. Okay, you know, he's right. If we take our shoes off, we'll run faster. You guys hear that? Beckett? Aye! Nope, not Beckett. Hey, stop right there! Beckett Barlow had this joke that he used to tell when we were kids that I'll never forget. How do bees get to school? On the school buzz. Even though we had it memorized, every time he told that joke, we laughed. There was something about the way he delivered it. He was the funniest guy I knew. Now he does this. Beckett has everything you could ever want. So what's bugging him? Pun 100% intended. Find you. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Students aren't supposed to be in here. And what are you so afraid of? My clutch. It looks just like that, but kind of different. I left it in the copy room. What if she finds it? Forget it. We've already got the tickets. Let's just go back to prom. No, no, no. I have the results for the prom king and queen in there. So? So what am I going to write in the yearbook? Prom was great and everybody was equal. Hannah, no offense, but I really don't think anybody cares. Okay, people care. Just because you don't care doesn't mean that nobody cares. Okay, okay. Don't panic. All right, we will, we will find Beckett 
we will get your beloved clutch and we will make it to prom by nine o'clock. All right, no worries. Spoken like a true optimist. I need some Pepto-Bismol at like a Tums or something. Well, we are in Mr. Brewer's classroom. You know, that guy's got some Tums somewhere. Classroom secure. Over. That was close. Yeah, where did she come from? Doug? Pause. Because I should probably introduce these dummies. And yes, I know it's not nice to call people names, but that's the name they picked out. Brady and Teddy are two students from our rival school, St. Benedict's Prep. Last October, our Kingman High Dragons beat the St. Benedict's Prep Pirates 63 to 14. Brady and Teddy have not been good sports about it. Since then, they've been pranking Kingman High like it's their job, making our lives miserable. There was one kid who stood up to them, but I heard it did not go well. Tonight, they are zip-tying our lockers shut and who knows what else. Who's he? Oh, hey guys. Teddy, pull your mask down. Don't use my real name. Don't bother. I know who you guys are. We're your worst nightmare. No, I mean, we go to the same school. Liar, I've never seen you before. Teddy, we're in the same math class. And Brady, you were in my science group last year. Never seen you before. Me neither. I'm Beckett Barlow. Well, if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck. What are you talking about? saying he's a Kingsman. He's dressed like a Kingsman. We are in Kingsman. He hangs out with Kingsman. Clearly, he's a Kingsman. But where did the duck come from? It's just a saying, you moron. Okay, guys. This is a new suit. This is a water gun filled with paint. Yeah, you mess with the wrong ducks. No, we are not the ducks. He is the duck. Why is he a duck? Just forget it. Okay, guys. Just let me take off my jacket. I'll put it over there. No, that is me. You are spraying me. I can't see anything. Just let him go. Huh? I've got a better idea. Whoops. The solitary bee takes flight, looking for anywhere that will allow him to land. She was hot on his tail. Thanks for the diversion, Beck. Can we go to prom now? No, we can't leave him. I'll go get him. Wait! Great. Now the boys are gone. 
we're all gonna get caught and suspended, and am I the only one whose breath is rapidly increasing, or? Maybe you're hyperventilating. I have things to do. I can't hyperventilate. Then don't. Classmates don't even recognize me. Solitary bees rarely sting. Scientists believe it's because they think they have little to protect. Beckett? Sweet. I knew she didn't find you. Come on, I'll lead you back to the others. Are you... are you hurt? Did that rent-a-cop tase you? I got tased at the fair one time. Not a good experience. I think I might be invisible. I mean, you're, you're in a dark room. It makes you hard to see. It doesn't make you invisible. No, I mean, I have this ability to be instantly forgettable. Whoa. Is this about the Tina Thompson chick that dumped you? This is because I eat lunch with people who don't even know my name. This is because people only smile at me when I buy them something. And yes, this is because I told my girlfriend I couldn't go to prom with her, and her response to me was, okay. Just because you feel invisible, it does not make it true. How do you know? Because I know how bees get to school. On the school buzz. See, I, I didn't forget that. Now we need you. We're not the B squad without you. Come on. <laughs> what are you doing? Zip tying all these doors shut, trapping that Kingman kid in there. And tomorrow, Whoever gets here will think that he did the lockers. Brady, you're a genius. I know. Look who I found. Hey, stranger. So, Jill and I were talking, and she thinks that security lady can't follow us. We all split up. No. We stick together. So what's the plan? Actually, I might have an idea. At the fringe of every colony are the solitary bees. Sometimes they choose to be out there, and sometimes they got pushed out. Whatever their story, they buzz around outside the hive feeling like rejection is all they ever get. Teddy says to Brady, he goes, no, 
We're not the ducks, stupid. <laughs> if you find one, remind them there's still room for them in the swarm. Pause right there until next time. And fade to black. Kind of uh, in his personal life, some of the emotions that he's going through, some of the things that he's feeling, and why he's feeling that way. Throughout the years, Beckett has allowed different negative um, opinions about himself, negative circumstances, negative uh, treatment from other people to victimize, to allow himself to become a victim. And so it's just kind of got him down, got him depressed. Some of you in here might even be able to relate to where Beckett is and how he feels. He feels like his world is ending. That nobody notices him. Nobody really knows him. The only, people, the only thing people see about him is stuff on the outside, his money, what he wears. That's not him. That's not who he is. So he's feeling invisible. He's feeling like it's the end of his world. Um, I think I've probably shared this story maybe even a couple of times. But throughout uh, my time in high school, I had planned to go to Parkland, do a couple years of general studies, and then transfer to the U of I and uh, jump into their architectural program. Have I told if you guys, have I shared this story with you guys before? So was on track, was doing that, had big ideas, big dreams about uh, maybe Sunday being an architect. So did my two-year stint at Parkland, got all my gen eds, good grades, rocking it out, applied to the U of I, filled out all the stuff, wrote the essays, all that kind of stuff. And then one day, got a letter in the mail from the University of Illinois that said, accepted. You got accepted into the architectural program at the University of Illinois. And I was like, there was nobody else in the house, but man, I, when I opened that letter, I screamed for joy because here's just, man, this was my plan, this was my goal, uh, or part of my goal, and I'm, man, I'm going. It was, I was so, so, so excited. I even remember thinking, and Ashley, you might even remember this, I remember thinking that last day, the last day of class at Parkland, I drove out of that parking lot. I said, I will never be back to this place. I'm headed to the U of I. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm on cloud nine. I'm feeling special, right? So go through that whole summer, work, and do everything. Fall semester, get to the U of I, went through all the orientation stuff, went to open campus where you walk around and kind of check your classes out. I mean, I'm just like, I'm living the dream, you know? So get on campus, start my classes up, very interesting classes. A uh, week or two go by and some things just aren't clicking. Some things aren't really lining up. Another week or so goes by, another week or two goes by, and I'm just not feeling the classes. Have you ever felt that way where something you had planned and really thought of and planned out just didn't quite meet your expectations? It just didn't quite feel right when you got to that point that you had kind of dreamed about? So here I am at the U of I, uh, not a cheap university. I uh, was on student loans and stuff like that. I don't even remember, gosh, it was years ago. I don't even remember how it all worked out, but not, 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 not inexpensive. Let's just put it that way. So I had all that stuff worked out to the best of my ability, student loans, whatever uh, grants I could get, whatever. So that was all in place for my first semester, for my couple of years that I would be there to get my bachelor's, right? But I'm feeling like this isn't the place I'm supposed to be. This isn't 
right. Something's not fitting here. And so I spent days and days just mulling it over. Okay, maybe it's just kind of, you know, it's, it's, there's a, it's a big transition. It's a big shift from going to St. Joe High School to Parkland and now to the U of I. I mean, even though it's local, it's not like I left the state or anything, it was still a big transition for me. So maybe it was just a little bit of, you know, just kind of just jitters and stuff like that. But the more I kept going, the less and less and less I felt like that was where I belonged. And so I made the decision one day to drop my architectural classes and uh, essentially drop my semester at the U of I and had no idea what I was supposed to do or where I was supposed to go. I knew I needed to do school and figure something out. Um, luckily, I had a job, so I you know, kept working and everything like that, but I just re I literally felt I literally felt lost. I remember having the conversation with my mom to let her know that I had dropped my classes at the U of I, and even though she was upset, I think she kind of understood when I explained to her, and we had already had some conversations just about how things just weren't clicking and didn't feel right. But I literally, like, literally my world was kind of, because everything that I had dreamed about and thought about, I mean, like, literally had thought about designing buildings. Maybe a building I designed would be in Champaign-Urbana or some, you know what I mean? Like, just had some really cool thoughts and dreams and goals, and all of that was just kind of crashing down. Because obviously, if you don't go to an architectural program, it's a little hard to design buildings that anybody's going to take seriously, right? So that's just, that wasn't obviously in the cards. That wasn't going to happen. So my, my world felt like it was crumbling, like it was coming down. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like you've planned something out and you're wanting to do something and all of a sudden things just don't go right, things fall apart, you feel like your world is ending, ending your world is crumbling? Uh, maybe you get into a fight with a friend and all of a sudden that friendship isn't quite what it was before and that's something that you really leaned on and really, uh, you know, that friendship was something that really helped you through day to day, just talking to somebody and now that's not there anymore and you just feel like your world's falling apart. Maybe things are falling apart at home with your family. Maybe you're not doing so well in school and uh, your grades are dipping and things are starting to go south and you just feel like things are falling apart and you're not quite sure how to get a handle of it, a handle on it. What may feel like the end of the world to you now isn't. Do you guys remember when we thought about the end of the world before we watched that video and you guys had all these fun, crazy, funny, crazy scenarios because we've either seen it in movies or whatever? Uh, just visualizing the end of the world, this huge catastrophic event or whatever, what have you, nothing going on in your life is going to cause that to happen. Nothing going on in your life is going to cause this huge catastrophic end of the world, okay? It may seem like it. It may be an emotional roller coaster. It may seem like there's just a lot of crazy things going on. But if you really take a step back, nothing you're going through in your life is going to cause that to happen. I want to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We're going to start, we're going to do two verses, verse 1 and verse 4. So Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 says, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. And then go down to verse 4, and it gives you different activities. You know, there's a time to be born and a time to die and so on and so forth. Then go down to verse 4, and it says, A time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance. There are seasons in our lives. Some of those seasons are going to be good. Some of those seasons are going to be bad. Some of those seasons are going to be, I got accepted to the university that I want to go to, and my dreams look like they're on course and on track. 
And some of those students are going to be having a conversation with my mom to let her know I just dropped my classes because things weren't working out. We go through seasons, but here's the key. Here's what I want you to look at. Just like Beckett we saw in the video tonight. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing how these characters develop and what happens. But just like Beckett's going through a season, he feels invisible. He feels like there's no, there's no hope. Like his world's falling apart. He doesn't have friends. He doesn't have people that he can count on or rely on. Nobody real anyway that really knows him for him, that really like, you know, loves him for him and for who he is. But the point of a season is that it doesn't last. It's passing. It's fleeting. Just like we read in Ecclesiastes, there's seasons. There's good seasons. There's bad seasons. Right now, what season, when you guys drive around, drive outside of town or whatever, what do you see? Harvest, right? There's a time for planting and a time for harvest. There's a time for watering and a time for growing. These seasons, they come and go. Winter is coming. The harvest is coming in. Next thing you know, there's going to be snow on the ground. Things are going to be desolate and dead. And uh, it's going to be cold, and we're going to be hunkered down in our homes trying to stay warm. And then before you know it, that season will pass. And it will come into spring, and new things will grow. And green things will come out again, and the birds will chirp again. And just, you know what I mean? Like, there's just seasons come and seasons go. And that's the same way it is with the seasons in our lives. If you're going through a rough season right now, it will pass. It may seem like the end of the world. It may seem like things are falling apart and crumbling, but it will pass. And before you know it, you'll be in a good season. You'll be in a season of joy, a season of replenishing, a season of peace. And if you're in a good season right now, know that those also don't last. So prepare yourself in that good season to be ready. To be ready no matter what life throws your way, no matter what the enemy tries to trip you up with. No matter what circumstances come your way, know that God is with you in good seasons and in bad. There's a reason that we read that in Ecclesiastes. There's a reason that we read about these seasons because it's so easy to get caught up, especially when you're in a bad season or even when you're in a good season. We see that example played out in Israel throughout the Old Testament. They would have a great season, a great time of plenty, good harvests, good rains, Food galore, safety from their enemies, good season, a good, a time of peace, a time of plenty over their entire land. And what happened? They got complacent, they got lazy, they stopped following God, they stopped doing what he commanded them to do. And what happened as a result? These bad seasons swept in like a thief and stole away those things that they had enjoyed. They had famine and plagues and disease. They were attacked by their enemies because they stopped following after God. They got too comfortable in that good season and never thought that it would end. Don't get too comfortable in the season that you're in, good or bad. Don't get depressed and down thinking that there will never be an end to this season if you're in a, this, if you're in a slump, if you're in a bad season right now. Know that it will pass. It will pass. God is doing something in your life. So I went through that, dropped my, dropped my classes, kind of dealt with that, kind of went through a season. Ashley, what would you say? For actually, at least a year or two, I was at Parkland, finishing, taking some other electives and some other classes and just kind of 
I mean, I would say for at least at least a year, if not longer, just trying to figure out what felt right. Like, what what can I do next? I took some sur land surveying classes, so I became an intern in uh, in Danville for a, a, a land surveyor. It was fun. It was an interesting job. Enjoyed it. Some uh, geometry work in there, angles, numbers, shooting distances, all that kind of stuff. Working with that was the first time I'd ever really worked with GPS. Uh, was super, super cool, so we were triangulating. I mean, it was really interesting work, but I, I couldn't see myself doing that forever. This was just kind of a passing thing. I'm like, what am I supposed to be doing? So I would eventually take some more um, web, website-related and tech type of classes, design classes, uh, stuff like that, something that I had been interested in for a very long time. I'm like, well, this is something I'm interested in, something that I'm gifted at. Uh, maybe I will, maybe something can develop out of this, maybe something can come out of this, so I'll play around with this a little bit and see what happens. Kind of um, started working with, uh, started another job, started working with Ashley and her family at the family business and kind of was doing that for a while. But all the while, not really knowing where am I supposed to go, what am I supposed to do, this kind of far goal, this dream that I had that was supposed to be a lifelong career and a lifelong dream didn't pan out. And I'm kind of not really spinning my wheels, but just not really certain of what I'm supposed to be doing. And all the while, as I'm searching, trying to understand, trying to figure this out, uh, I'm involved at church. I'm a youth leader. I'm volunteering, serving, trying to do whatever I can to, to be a blessing to Pastor Scott and to the, our students and um, to, the, to the kids that were coming to youth group, to my church. So all the while, even though I was in this season, of not really knowing what was coming my way, not really knowing what I'm supposed to be doing, God is preparing me. I am trying to uh, not only pour myself out in service to the church, but also in trying to develop myself as a believer, growing and learning. As I go through all of that, God brings an opportunity my way to um, lead one of the uh, Wednesday night services. Went to Pastor Scott and I said, hey, this is a kind of a neat thing that I'd like to do on Wednesday nights, maybe once a month. What do you think? And he's like, yeah, sure. That'd be fine. And it was actually, it was a Compassion International curriculum that I found. It was like four parts or something like that. And I said, hey, what if once a month I just did this on a Wednesday night, just to give you a break on a Wednesday night, and we can, and we can do this little series here. And he's like, yeah, that would be fine. Go for it. And so I did that. And I don't know for any of you that were in here, Jess, you might have still been in youth group by that time. Emily, Sarah, it was probably trash. It was probably terrible. I probably was very, very bad at it. But I was stepping out. I felt like, you know, this is something, you know, I can, I'm going to step out and I'm going to try to do this. Not just to be a blessing to Pastor Scott, but to try something new to kind of to step out outside of my comfort zone and do something different. And then as time went on, I would do more and more of that stepping out. And eventually, as Pastor Scott had the opportunity to take a church in Farmer City and uh, to kind of help a church in Farmer City that had lost their pastor who had passed away, uh, and they were just kind of not doing very well. And he took that opportunity to go over there and help them out and to grow that church and, uh, and to be a blessing to that church and that congregation over there. They offered me and asked if I would like to take over the youth ministry here at Living Word. And that just that opportunity opened wide, opened wide. Now I want you to think about this, okay? See how that low season worked its way in to a high season, to a good season. I love my job. I love being here. Not just on Wednesday nights, but throughout the day, 
putting messages together, working on videos and just kind of different stuff, odds and ends around the church and doing different things, uh, hanging out with some kids after school, going to lunch, doing that youth activities. I love it. It's a blessing. It's a huge, huge blessing. But five or six, golly, it's almost been 10 years, 10 or 15 years ago, if you had asked me what I would be doing, I would have told you, soar up and down, I'm going to be an architect. That's what I would planned to do. And that fell through. That completely crashed and burned on me. Felt like my world was falling apart. And yet, through that low season, God brings me in to a better season. Does that make sense? So no matter what you're going through, know that seasons don't last forever. Okay? Seasons don't last forever. I want you, everybody, close your eyes and bow your heads. Close your eyes and bow your heads. So with every eye closed, the heads bowed, some of you have had to go through a tough season. You've been feeling negative feelings recently. You know that it's not really the end of the world. It's just a season, but you're not sure how to get out of it. You're not sure what to pray. You're not sure the decisions to make. You're going through a tough season, and you might be right in the middle of it right now. So with your eyes closed and heads bowed, with eyes closed and heads bowed, I want you to raise your hand if you're going through this type of a bad season, if you're just going through a rough time. Like I said, whether it's family, school, whatever it is, keep your eyes closed. You just raise your hand. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. For those of you who have raised your hand, you can go ahead and put your hand down so you know who you are. I'm going to pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Not only for your presence, but thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love, for your grace, for your mercy. Thank you, Father God, that you have created the seasons. Seasons of plenty. And even though we experience seasons of lack, seasons of doubt, seasons of sadness, sorrow, seasons of uncertainty, of where we need to go, what we need to do, decisions we need to make. Father, I lift up those who have raised their hand tonight who are going through one of these seasons, Father God, a low season, a low point, and they're not sure where to go, where to turn, what to do. Father, I lift them up to you now in the name of Jesus, and I ask that you would give them strength and wisdom, that you would help them to see the path that you have laid before them. Help them to understand the riches of your glory. Help them to understand, Father God, how deep, how far, how wide your love is for them. Each and every day. If you were one of the ones that raised your hand, God is good. No matter what you're going through, He is walking through it with you. If you allow Him to, He will strengthen you, He will encourage you, He will lift you up. And before you know it, this season that you're going through now will be in the past. It'll be a distant memory, something that you've learned from, that you've grown from, and you will eventually be in a season of plenty, a season of joy. So no matter what you're going through now, whatever it is, know that God is walking with you through it. And Father, we thank you so much for that. We thank you so much for your faithfulness to walk with us through every season of our lives. Thank you, Father God, for loving us the way no one else could possibly love us. Thank you, Father God, for always being with us, never leaving us nor forsaking us. You are always with us. 
and you will always carry us through when we lean on you. Father, we thank you for that in Jesus' precious name. And if you believe that, and if you know it in your heart, say amen. Amen, amen. I want you guys to stand up. I want to worship together, and I want you, as you worship tonight, I want you to understand that no matter what season you're in, high or low, what season you're going through, that God is with you, that God loves you and cares about you, that God has your best interest at heart, no matter what it is that you're going through. So as we worship tonight, I want you to keep that in mind, and I want you to worship knowing that you're worshiping the God that is walking through your season with you. Let's worship together. <laughs>